Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. Our third-to-last show of the 2016 season here on your Sunday mornings before uh, we go into full Bills regular season mode on the channel. Uh, Thanks for listening this morning, and rain is the word of the day here on Fast Track. We've had some rain here in the Buffalo area, although it's kind of past... Uh, through us, still a lot of rain off to the east, and this th- this line of rain that off just off to the eastern part of the state goes from here and it go- stretches all the way down to Bristol, Tennessee, where NASCAR is this weekend for uh, today's uh, night slash day race at Bristol. Because as Brayton said in the update, it was uh, delayed by rain last night. They got 48 laps in, and uh, the rains came, and they uh, tried to get the race restarted, and and they were right about to, and it rained again. So NASCAR pulled the plug. And they're going to pick it up today with still 452 laps to go. And Kyle Busch leads here uh, after 48 laps at Bristol. So that's where they'll they'll pick up where they left off last night. But uh, August has been the month of rain for NASCAR, except for Watkins Glen two weeks ago. They had rain at Pocono. Watkins Glen was gorgeous. They had rain at Mid-Ohio last weekend for the Xfinity Series and rain this weekend at Bristol. So uh, hopefully the folks at Michigan next weekend don't have to go through this. Speaking of Watkins Glen, our good buddy Michael Printup will join us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, A little bit of a uh, post-NASCAR weekend recap. And also we'll look ahead to the IndyCar race. And uh, were you like me? Were you raising your hand when Brayton asked in the update, are you Buffalo's biggest IndyCar fan? Actually, I don't think I could... Uh, lay claim to that. I'm not the the biggest. Indi- I don't think I'm the biggest IndyCar fan of Buffalo. I like the Verizon IndyCar series, of course. But Plus, contest rules wouldn't have, yes, wouldn't allow I am, you to win. I am in, uh, ineligible to win because I am an employee of Intercom Radio Buffalo. So yes, I cannot win the contest. But what a cool contest! I I just discovered this contest uh, during the week that we are doing this. Uh, if you missed it in Brayton's update, go to wgr550.com and click the contest tab, and you got to sign up for this contest. We are giving away. Four tickets to the IndyCar race at the Glen. It says one hot lap. Now, I'm not sure what that constitutes. I don't know if it's in a pace car, if it's in the two-seater IndyCar. I don't know. I'm not saying I know, but it says one hot lap. So that could be anything. It could be a pace car ride. It could be a ride in the two-seater. Uh, any, anyway, that would still be cool. You get to meet an IndyCar driver, uh, collectibles, pit and garage access, and uh, tickets to the race, of course, at Watkins Glen International September 4th. What a cool uh, prize pack that is. Uh, five, uh, the prize package is worth nearly $5,000, by the way. Uh, again, no purchase necessary. All contest rules apply. But go to WGR550.com and click the contest tab and go sign up for our IndyCar contest here on WGR. And uh, I'll, you can join me at the IndyCar Grand Prix at Watkins Glen because I'm going to be there for the IndyCar race. And we just found, I just found out this week 
We're going to do our thrilling season finale in two weeks, live from Watkins Glen International. We're going to take the show on the road. We're going to be live from the Media Center uh, two weeks from today, leading up to uh, the IndyCar race here on WGR. So we're going to have uh, – I'm going to do the show live from Watkins Glen in two weeks for the IndyCar race. So lots of excitement uh, surrounding that event, and I uh, hope you can uh, – Sign up for the contest. Hope you win and join us. If not, I uh, hope you can come out either way and check out the new car race at Watkins Glen. So we'll talk to Michael Printup about that uh, later on in this program. Also, coming up in less than 10 minutes, uh, there is a new NASCAR video game coming out, NASCAR Heat Evolution. And we're going to talk to Matt Dusenberry from uh, Dusenberry Martin uh, Racing Games. And they are uh, putting together the new NASCAR video game that's coming out next month for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, so we'll talk to Matt about the game here in uh, less than 10 minutes. But the Bristol race, the night now day race at Bristol, uh, that they're going to pick up where they left off at 1 o'clock. By the way, the race is on CNBC, if you're uh, going to be watching at home, uh, due to uh, Olympics coverage and the fact that the IndyCar race from Pocono is on uh, N- N- NBCSN at 3 p.m., uh, you are forced to find CNBC on your television dial to watch today's uh, resumption of the race from Bristol. So uh, keep that in mind if you're looking for it come 1 o'clock. But uh, Kyle Busch leads Chase Elliott's second. Ryan Blaney, who's got that special, uh, really cool Virginia Tech paint scheme, is running third. Denny Hamlin, Matt Kenseth rounding out the top five. And then it is Martin Truex, Carl Edwards, Jeff Gordon, Joey Logano, and Kyle Larson rounding out the top ten uh, after 48 laps at Bristol. And I guess it is the the... Return of old Bristol. We've had old Bristol, new Bristol, new old, new Bristol. And we're trying to go back to old Bristol, apparently, because the folks at Bristol Motor Speedway who have been chasing this concrete surface for, I don't know, what, are we getting close to a decade now that this has been going on? That they've been, you know, putting in banking here, taking out banking there, polishing concrete, uh, messing up concrete. They've just been at it for the, the last decade has been driving the fans crazy and everybody wants the the good old days of the the bump and run at Bristol when you've had Dale Earnhardt rattling the cage of Terry Labonte and Terry Labonte dumping Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon and Rusty Wallace getting into each other and fans yearned for those days and, and sold out crowds at Bristol Motor Speedway although they, they they remember all the great crashes but they don't remember any of the racing it's kind of funny that way and so in Bristol Motor Speedway's ongoing uh, quest to get back to that style of racing at Bristol. Uh, they've tried something new for this year. I think we mentioned this before uh, a week or so ago on the show, but in case you haven't been paying attention, uh, they polished the concrete on the bottom lane of the racetrack. Uh, it, since this track has undergone all these changes, the outside lane has become the fast way around Bristol, not the bottom where they all ran back in the day and you had that just conveyor belt of race cars nose to tail on the bottom and there was no way really to pass unless you got into a guy and loosened a up or if you had a car that could somehow get a run on the outside that was the only way you could pass anybody at Bristol well after they tweaked with the concrete and they put in that progressive banking and all the other stuff they did do it over the years uh the the dominant groove shifted from the bottom of the racetrack all the way to the top of the racetrack and it became a multi-groove racetrack. You saw two-wide racing, even three-wide racing. You saw the uh, the bonsai slide job passes like you would see at a dirt track. You would see that as well, too. So fans apparently didn't like that because they weren't crashing enough. So Bristol's been trying to get back to this. So they've polished the concrete on the bottom of the banking, and they added uh, 
I, I'm hearing it re- referred to as like 15 different things, but you can call it traction compound, VHT, rosin is the word I keep hearing from NASCAR. I don't know if they just don't want to use any brand names or whatnot, but basically they're putting sticky stuff down on the bottom of the banking uh, and then dragging tires over it to try and increase the grip level on the bottom. And it has worked, sort of, for the most part, although it seemed like in the, the part of the cup race uh, I watched la- the opening parts of it. Um, it looked like that uh, the the top lane was still a fast way to go, but the bottom lane does have some usability, and we might we might actually see some side by side racing. We saw I saw him go run three wide for the lead in the Xfinity race on a Friday night, and so the the challenge is now: can you run the bottom? Can you run the top? And uh, you know, or is everybody going to run on the bottom? And you get the classic bump and run. We will have to see how it plays out after. The uh, 452 laps that they got to run today are in the books, but it's it's good to see Bristol trying to address this. Uh, although I haven't not I have enjoyed the racing the, at Bristol, the the side by side, the outside group. I've liked it. I don't need as many crashes as some fans do, and uh, I've enjoyed what we've seen at Bristol over the last few years. But um, some fans are hoping that uh, the action returns to where everybody goes to the bottom and bumps the guy out of the way in front of them to try and go for the lead. So that is uh, what we're looking at today for 452 laps. And uh, I know before yesterday's race, NASCAR was going to put more what they call rosin down to try and uh, increase the grip levels. Uh, I'm I'm not sure what the status of that is going to be, though, with all the rain they've had at Bristol. They've had rain today already at Bristol, too. Uh, although at last check, it had, was not raining, and they were trying to get the track dry. The plan is to still start at 1 o'clock. We'll see what the bottom lane is like today or if everybody's going to be back uh, on that outside groove, but definitely uh, kudos to Bristol Motor Speedway for for thinking out of the box. And this this process of, of adding rosin or traction compound, whatever you want to call it, to an, an an oval track, this is no strange thing. I mean, we do this at Lancaster Speedway, where we have done it. We we I think we stopped doing it this season, but at Lancaster Speedway, uh, with all the repave work that that has been done there the last two years, I'll, we spent a lot of time applying traction compound to the outside line. That's why the racing at Lancaster has been so good. There is an outside line because we've put traction compound down, drag tires on it to keep that outside line uh, to make it viable. I mean, before the repave, as rough as the racing surface was at Lancaster, uh, it was a two-groove racetrack. With the repave, with obvious, there, there's a chance of you know that going away and becoming a one-lane track, so that's why you put it down. And even, uh, and I think we talked about this last week, we were talking to Danny Kapazinski from Oswego Speedway, but they are also uh, looking into it as well. Uh, Oswego, a very worn-out racetrack with really only one groove. Um, they are looking into putting their, they did put down traction compound, I believe, for their race yesterday, uh, running a second groove. And I know uh, for the Race of Champions uh Next month, they're going to have traction compound down as well, too, to try and increase the grip levels because um, f- it, it is very hard to pass at, at, a, at, the, at Oswego as flat and as worn out as it is. The Super Modifieds can pull it off. It's even a bigger challenge, though, uh, for the Modifieds to do it. So this, is, this, pro- this concept by Bristol to put something down on the racetrack to improve the grip is, you know, is uh, nothing new. It's been done, it's done before, and maybe you don't hear about it as much on the NASCAR circuit. But uh, definitely, there are short tracks out there uh, that have tried to go have done this process to improve the uh, racing and grip levels at their track. Eight oh three oh five fifty one. 888-550-2550. Of course, we did get uh, quite the uh, 
traditional Bristol finish in the Xfinity race on uh, Friday night. Well, maybe not the finish, but leading up to the the green-white checkered finish, you had uh, old buddies, I mean rivals, Brad Keselowski and Kyle Busch, uh, going at it for the win, and Kyle attempted kind of one of those bonsai slide job passes where he dove down to the inside and then you slide up to pass the guy in front of you, and he didn't have Brad... Uh, cleared all that well, and uh, he went off the nose of Brad's car and into the wall, and then uh, Ty Dillon came in and blasted Kyle from behind um, after the yellow had come out and took them both out. And, uh, you know, so we saw some typical Bristol racing on Friday in the Xfinity Series race. Tough break for Brad, though, of course, was he ran out of gas during the caution period uh, as they cleaned up the track and were setting up for that green-white checker finish. And uh, Brad ran on a gas that had come down pit road, and that opened things up for uh, Austin Dillon uh, as his brother had some misfortune. Austin got the win on Friday night in the Xfinity race. But we definitely saw an improved product. We saw a good race, too, on Wednesday night with the Truck Series, another event impacted by rain. But uh, the trucks definitely took a liking uh, to the bottom groove at Bristol, uh, especially in their practice sessions on Wednesday. Uh, they The first practice session, everybody kind of stayed to the outside, in the first practice session, they were scared to go to the bottom because it was kind of slippery, but then they went out for that second round of practice, and they picked up uh, quite a lot of speed when they started running to the bottom, uh, and, and so it definitely uh, is helping to improve speeds there at Bristol Motor Speedway. Also, in the truck race on uh, Wednesday night, got to give a shout-out to uh, someone we've had on the show here in the past, Stuart Friesen. Made it, he qualified for his first-ever pavement race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. He ran Eldora, was running well until uh, mechanical problems. But he and his Hallmark team, they took that equipment they took to Bristol, put it back together, refurbished it, and they're going to run four races this year, including Bristol this past Wednesday. And Stu went out, qualified, even made it to the second round of qualifying, and uh, finished 22nd. Two laps down, but still not bad for a guy that has never run a truck series on pavement before. You know, uh, he, he finished the race. That was one of his goals, he said. It was just to, to finish the race and not get in the way and, and uh, he definitely uh, did pretty well in his first Camp World Truck Series start. So congrats to Stuart Friesen. And I know they've got three more races. I've, I've seen New Hampshire, Phoenix. I, I don't know his exact schedule for the for the other three races they're going to do in the Truck Series. But uh, look for Stuart to make three more starts on pavement. All right now, let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in from uh, Dusenberry Martin Racing. They are the producers of the new NASCAR Heat Evolution video game, which is coming out next month for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Is Matt Dusenberry joins us on the line. Matt, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Good morning. Happy race day to you, Dave. Yes, happy race day. As I was saying here off the top, uh, we've got some rain off to the east of us, Matt, and that line of rain stretches from up here in New York State all the way down to Bristol, Tennessee. It's been a wet one down there in Thunder Valley. It really has. I took a day trip up to Bristol on Friday, and I guess I picked the right day to go. It was a a wash yesterday. Definitely. Well, obviously a lot of people are excited for this new game, NASCAR Heat Evolution. And uh, I'll tell you what, two of my all-time favorite racing games are the original NASCAR Heat that Hasbro did, I don't know, about a decade ago. And then, of course, uh, NASCAR Heat Dirt to Daytona for PlayStation 2 because you had modifieds and dirt track racing in it, which is, uh, you know, is, is great for people like me and that are fans of short track racing. Those are two great games. Uh, how does that legacy uh, come into this new game coming out, NASCAR Heat Evolution? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. We're, we're super excited about NASCAR Heat Evolution, and we actually, uh, Duesenberry Martin Racing is a new publisher. We were founded in January 2015. Where we're 100% focused on NASCAR games, so mm-hmm. it's the only sport that we're focusing on uh, on producing titles for. 
we went out and hired Monster Games, which was the original developer of NASCAR Heat and Dirt to Daytona. So the idea is the same group of guys is to bring back that great gameplay on the next generation platform. So this game is all new. It's built from the ground up, and we're excited to bring NASCAR to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One for the first time. So this is a completely new build. I thought I might have misread it. I thought maybe some of the the guts from the previous, uh, you know, PlayStation Three NASCAR games were coming along for this project, but this has has nothing to do with those those last previous releases. It, it, it does. It was built by the same team, right? The team of guys uh, completely, uh, you know, re-engineered uh, re-engineered the game and uh, and brought it to the next generation platform. So. You know, some of the features on this game, we have a 40-person multiplayer for the first time, which mm-hmm. I'm super excited about. So you can have full field races. Um, there's adaptive artificial intelligence. So the field, the AI field, will actually adjust to your skill level as you continue to put races in. So uh, there's, there's a lot of fun, and uh, it's, it's a great game for NASCAR fans. What is uh, the biggest challenge? I, I, you, you've got to be so dead on with these games because NASCAR fans are some of the most critical fans in all of sports. Uh, just, just go on social media for five minutes. You'll find out. Uh, but what has been the hardest thing to recreate from the real-life NASCAR experience to put it uh, into a digital form? Yeah, Dave, you're exactly right. We have to kind of stay ahead of the curve on what technology changes are coming to NASCAR. And, uh, you know, as you, as you mentioned, those little details are so key to incorporate into the game. So things like the digital dash, we have to create that for the game. Um, when NASCAR does new aero packages, we have to implement uh, those changes into the game. So it's, it's all about staying ahead of the curve and, uh, and making it as authentic as possible. And Part of our process for making it authentic is uh, we hired a team of drivers. Mm-hmm. So in the game, all the drivers are, are in the game. You can choose your favorite driver on who to race. But we actually went out and hired Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ryan Blaney, Ben Kennedy, and Matt Tift. And they're not brand ambassadors, but they're actually part of the development team. So they come into our office regularly, play the game, and give us feedback on how to make it authentic. You know, Joey gave some feedback on shift points on restart. So we mm-hmm. adjusted those so that they were authentic. Um, Brad gave us some feedback on, in, in Phoenix, the sun is in your eyes when you go into turn once. Mm-hmm. So they put the sun in your eyes. So all those, all those things that these guys feel on, at the track on Sundays, we try to incorporate all that into the, into the NASCAR heat evolution. Matt Dusenberry joining us uh, from Dusenberry Martin Racing. Uh, Matt, I, I'm assuming, but f- tell, for the fans, let us know. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming the full NASCAR experience here. You've got uh, a full weekend with group qualifying and everything, and you've got the the full 36 race season in there with uh, the chase for the cup and uh, everything that goes along with that. Correct? You're exactly right. It's the full NASCAR experience. We have all 23 Sprint Cup Series tracks. We have the full field of 40 cars. Uh, and then, like you said, the weekend formats are identical. The schedule is identical. So you can have the full NASCAR experience. Uh, there's a deep career mode where you start in an underfunded car without sponsors or fans and have to kind of claw your way through the field and have some top 30 runs. And then as you get into your career and get more money, build up your team and, and infrastructure. So there's several different ways to uh, ways to play the game. And uh, it's an awesome experience. And if anyone out there wants to check it out you can pre-order nascar heat evolution at nascarheat.com uh, of course so we're located close to watkins glen here in buffalo uh, matt how is watkins glen in the game does it have the uh, the fresh new pavement down there at the at the glen and how does it look inside the game 
Yeah, Watkins Glen is an awesome track. It's uh, it's one of the mo- more difficult tracks to uh, to recreate just because of all the different turns and and what a big facility it is. Mm. Uh, Watkins Glen has that same awesome fast uh, road course feel that you see uh, that you saw a couple weeks ago uh, at the Glen. But one one of my favorite tracks for sure. Matt, one of the things that amazes me is how far gaming has come, and now the uh, the simulation experience is so part. Uh, of of racing you you hear drivers especially the younger drivers talk about all the time how they they spend time in simulators preparing i mean even even jeff gordon as he was pre- preparing to get back behind the wheel of the 88 car to fill in for dale jr he said he spent time in a simulator too it's amazing how far along this technology has come and how basically video games have become part of the sport as a as, as a tool for drivers it, yeah, it really has become a tool. So Matt Tift, one of our development drivers, I'm sure you follow the story where he underwent uh, brain surgery earlier yep. this year, and he's been sidelined from the actual track. So we delivered Matt a build of NASCAR Heat Evolution early on in his recovery, and he used it as a tool just to get laps, uh, hand-eye coordination, kind of get the feel back for the track. And he's in a late model today testing in order to get back into the top three NASCAR National Series. So Matt Tift actually used NASCAR Heat Evolution uh, in some of his uh, in some of his recovery, and the game really enables simulation mode. So there is a normal mode which the game shifts with, and that is for uh, you know people who might not be familiar with the mechanics of the car, the physics, and just want a fun NASCAR experience. Mm-hmm. You can go into options and flip over to simulation mode. That's my personal favorite. I've been a, a sim racer for years, and it makes it very very difficult to drive. Uh, you know, if you make a mistake, it's very unforgiving, but it takes in all that, you know, the realism and, and how hard it is to drive a Sprint Cup Series car and, and replicates that within the game. Well, it all sounds very exciting. Looking forward to this uh, NASCAR Heat Evolution, uh, September 13th. Uh, Matt, I, I've got a PlayStation 4, so for, just keep that in mind. You know, if you, you got any extra copies of the game lying around uh, when it comes out September 13th, we'll be looking forward to trying this out. Uh, great to talk to you. I, I've had Ed Martin uh, on the show in the past, so uh, say hi to Ed for us, and thanks for the time this morning. Awesome. We'll do. We'll send you a uh, we'll send you a copy of the game and uh, everyone else head up to nascarheat.com to check it out. So thank you so much, Dave. Very good. Take care, Matt. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Matt Dusenberry again from uh, Dusenberry Martin Racing and uh, you can also uh, follow them uh, on Twitter at DMR NASCAR Heat is uh, the official Twitter uh, for uh, NASCAR Heat Evolution again September 13th. Uh, even though I'm like a dad now, I, I still try and squeeze in some video game time every now and then, but it, it's a lot <laughs> Harder than it used to be. Uh, 803-0551-888-552-550. Before we go to break, I uh, mentioned Jeff Gordon there, uh, filling in for Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, for next week at Michigan, there is a chance that Dale Earnhardt Jr. could be uh, back behind the wheel of the 88 car. We still do not have official confirmation on if, if he's going to be driving or not. But if he cannot go at Michigan next week, uh, it will not be Jeff Gordon uh, driving the uh, 88 car. J- uh, Jeff says he has uh, some... Uh, commitments on Friday and Saturday of that weekend. So if he can't do the full, you know, practice and qualifying, he doesn't want to, you know, take up the seat on Sunday. That wouldn't be good for the 88 team. So Alex Bowman, uh, if Dale Jr. cannot compete on Sunday at, uh, next weekend at Michigan, he'll be filling in for Dale Jr. for the second time in this stretch that uh, Dale has missed with concussions. If not, Dale Jr. might be uh, back behind the wheel as soon as next week at Michigan, a track that, of course, he's won at before and. I'm sure he'll get that uh, chase injury waiver, and you never know. Could It could be uh, quite the story if 
somehow Dale Jr. wins uh, these last couple of races before the regular season ends and still makes his way into the chase. I'm sure uh, NASCAR would love it if uh, that happened as well. Uh, Dale uh, has been continuing to do a little social media posting. He had a video of him uh, shooting hoops uh, this week as he continues to come back and uh, deal with those concussion issues, and we'll see if he's back behind the wheel uh, next week at Michigan or the week after for Labor Day weekend uh, at Darlington. We get back. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, more Watkins Glen Talk here with our buddy Michael Printup. We come back. Plus time for your phone calls to 803-0551-888-552-550. If you've been paying attention this weekend to Bristol, what do you think of uh, the racing and on-track action you've seen so far? And do you uh, look forward to uh, today's race or are you uh, not sure what to expect? Please uh, check in with us when we get back here on Fast Track here on WGR. Eleven thirty-three here on WGR Sports Radio five fifty Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. I'm t- tired this morning. I-, I shouldn't complain. I know I-, I come here on my own f- will and-, and do this show, but I was up till three a.m. watching that tragically hip concert. I, I DVR'd it because I was at Lancaster last night, and I came home and working on my press releases. And I'm like, oh, look, the the race got rained out, so let's throw on the hip concert and check that out. And I am not like tragically hip super fan i'm not like uh you know bulldog and brad Ryder who did a great show on friday talking about the hip uh, i'm not one of the i'm not like that i couldn't have called in i didn't have a tragically hip story but i live in buffalo i like the band i've got all i own is you know music at work and uh, a greatest hits compilation so i'm like poser tragically hip fan but that was that was a phenomenal show and uh what what a tribute to gord and, and the guys uh that was uh had, had all the feels, as the kid like kids like to say. Uh, that was definitely a, a quite the uh, event, and uh, so cool that it was broadcast uh, on CBC. And so glad we live in Buffalo that we're able to uh, take advantage of that. And uh, what what a performance last night by the Tragedy Hip, and what a way to to close out an amazing career. Uh, with that, let's go to the AT and T hotline and bring in our good buddy Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International. Michael, good morning. How's it going? Good morning, David. How are you? Good. Speaking of getting not a lot of sleep, I'm sure that's where you're... Actually, you were on vacation this week, so you might have got some sleep, but that's all the sleep you're going to get now for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's it. I came back uh, Tuesday, actually, then went right down to Florida for some meetings down in corporate and came flying right back, worked uh, yesterday and and, the day before, and I'm tired today. I'm kind of like you. I was home last night at 7 o'clock laying on the couch. (laughs) Well, uh, luckily for Watkins Glen International, Michael, this uh, month of rain here in August for the NASCAR community, uh, Watkins Glen somehow avoided that and had a gorgeous weekend a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, we had an awesome weekend. We sold out our grandstands again, as you know, being a road course. We had plenty of GA tickets available, but... um, it was an awesome weekend. The drivers, of course, just did their normal, fantastic job on the racetrack. They put on a great show for the fans, and and uh, like you said, we were lucky with the weather, and I anticipate we'll be lucky in two weeks from now, too. Yeah, the IndyCar race, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, just talk about the, the cheese at 355 at the Glen. Michael, Denny Hamlin getting the win. I, I thought Brad was going to have that race, but uh, Denny got up there late to steal the victory and uh, another phenomenal performance by the Spring Cup Series at your racetrack. Yeah, and Denny was hurt, and I know it was reported later, so I'm not telling anything that nobody knows, but, you know, he was really hurt. His back was killing him, mm-hmm. and uh, he was pretty stiff in victory lane, but he was uh, he was also pretty happy. But I, I knew we wanted to celebrate more, but it, it was an awesome race. And with Martin Truex, too, I think if he would have given that race another four or five laps, I, and maybe not even that many, I think Martin might have snuck in there and stole the show from everybody. But, you know, Brad wants it. Brad does very well at that racetrack. He's tested there as well, so... 
Um, you know, just all weekend with the K&N race on Friday, the Xfinity race on Saturday, it just couldn't have been a better weekend for us. And, and like you said, we got some rain late Friday night. It was like 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And uh, got the campers a little wet, but uh, didn't douse them. And um, we were able to get up and get rolling Saturday morning, which is a little bit of track drying and uh, got on our way. So pretty, pretty excited for Cheez-It and, and Bully Hill and Xfinity, of course, with Zippo coming signing back on again with us for another three years. Uh, not sure how much you've talked to folks in, in the industry post-race, but I'm assuming all pretty positive reviews from the drivers on the uh, newly resurfaced racetrack there, too, as well. Yeah, they had a, you know, I, I got to talk to a lot of them Saturday, so, and then a little bit on Sunday morning, of course, but, uh, you know, they all, you know, they, they all really enjoyed the track because it was smooth, you know, they yep. took a lot of bumps, but some of them, you know, they also said, well, you took out a bump where I knew where, the, where my apex was, so it was <laughs> kind of interesting on their perspective, and being in their class. The only other thing that they said was that they, they thought the tires might have been a little hard. I mean, they were a little critical on the Goodyear side, um, you know, just because they, they were slippery. Mm-hmm. And um, and all the other races, as they know, the, the Pirellis, the Coopers, the Continentals, uh, the Firestones, they all uh, brought out super soft tires. So they picked up a lot of speed where the Cup guys didn't pick up a lot of speed, but they, they still said it was pretty darn smooth. You know, that that's kind of seems like the norm whenever there's a resurface or a repave on the circuit, Mike, is uh, the, the team's test and Goodyear brings a soft tire and then there might be some tire wear issues and the NASCAR, or not NASCAR, but Goodyear kind of reacts and brings a little bit harder tire. And I think that happened in Kentucky earlier this year, too, there. Just uh, Goodyear was trying to prevent maybe any major tire, tire failures. Yeah, you know, I get it. I think, you know, from an oval point of view, I, I get sidewall, and, and obviously you're only turning left. Yeah, I don't mean to diminish the, the what they what the drivers <laughs> do, but I think on a road course, my my you know from what I heard from the drivers is they could have brought a different tire that didn't apply to an oval. Mm. So that was kind of what I was hearing from some of the drivers. Michael Prince up from Watkins Glen International joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Well, transition now to the uh, IndyCar race coming up Labor Day weekend, and the IndyCar Series ha- had another test, uh, uh, pretty much almost a full field. I think you, you had 20 teams there for that last test. Uh, what is the vibe from uh, the IndyCar paddock uh, after that test? You you want to see a bunch of kids wait for Christmas? Uh, <laughs> it was awesome. And, and I don't mean just the drivers. I'll tell you from our side, from our point of view too, and especially mine, um, the tires and the speeds, I mean, they're, they're going to be doing sub 124s. And, wow. and I mean, one minute, 24 uh, second laps, um, uh, just blistering speed. So we anticipate to pick that up, uh, uh, from what we understand from the drivers, they didn't even bring the super softs for the tire test. Of course, they'll bring the super softs back for the uh, actual qualifying. So that means they're going to pick up a little bit more. Um, some guys were hoping at least for another second or so, so that's why I say sub-124 is according to the team. But it, it's just all that excitement that they're going to bring and um, how we're going to be able to get this thing just really revved up. So, you know, it, it's been a short window, as you know. Our summers up here in, in, in New York go pretty quick when you when you only have eight weekends. Um, basically, you're, you're, you're July and August. After the kids get out of school, mm-hmm. Uh, we've had 90 days, almost 90 days now to promote it. We don't expect a home run in terms of attendance. It's it's just there's too much noise in the system. I mean, from everybody, and I mean from the state fair to Erie County Fair to all, all the racing events and non-racing events we've been doing at the Glen. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not an excuse. We're, we plan on doing it, and hopefully uh, we're going to sit down with the IndyCar guys Monday, Tuesday, 
and uh, this week and talk about the future of, of IndyCar at Glen. Uh, the last time the IndyCar folks were there were six years ago. Uh, did you guys have to, outside of the repave, of course, obviously, but have you had to do anything else to the, the facility, garage, paddock area, anything to uh, accommodate the IndyCar folks coming back this year? No, not a thing. When, when they first came back in 05, we did about almost $3 million worth of improvements, um, safety improvements, of course. You know, We all want drivers and fans to be safe, of course, and so does the racetrack. So, sure. uh, the only thing that we did, but we already had planned on it, because we didn't know IndyCar was coming when we paved last year, but we did pave a, a substantial part of the runoff in the heel of the boot, so mm-hmm. eight, so... Um, instead of being gravel, at least it gives them a skid pad if they if they miss that corner and they can get right back on track. You don't have to stop the race. You don't have gravel all over the racetrack when they come back on. Um, so that's really the only other thing. We did add some curbing. Drivers left turn nine. Um, again, safety, uh, safe from a safety point of view. Sure. Keep them off the grass. Um, Grass is not a good racing surface at a road course, um, but somehow uh, these drivers love uh, getting on all, all the drivers, not just IndyCar. But uh, we didn't leave them a lot of grass to race on, so we expect the speeds just to be, like you said, just blistering and just have another fantastic race. And I know Jay Fry and Steven Starks on IndyCar, and we're excited. I talked to the governor's office this week about it. We're trying to get him to come down, and hopefully that'll happen. But, uh, you know, he's a busy guy, of course, especially with the fair opening up on Thursday. Sure. Um, but we're trying to just get the, get him here to get some uh, get some noise going in the system, but it's awesome. Speaking of, since you brought up the governor and the fairgrounds, uh, I'm not sure how much you followed the uh, the deal with the fairgrounds and Super Dirt Week and everything. Did you get consulted by uh, either side of, of those discussions, whether uh, the governor's office, World Racing Group, did you have any discussions on that whole negotiation with uh, the money they received from the state and everything to, to relocate Super Dirt Week after the fairgrounds closed down? Now, you know, the only thing that the governor's team had mentioned to me was, hey, we're hearing about this asphalt compound that actually has recycled tires in it. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, we're aware of it. The, the University of Albany, or, uh, Alabama has been working on it. Um, so a good thing, you know, you recycle tires, you get them back out of dumps or yeah. wherever they go or get mulched up uh, for playgrounds. Um, it, it is a good, it's a good compound. It's not made for a NASCAR facility. It was not durable enough. Right. Um, it is something I believe they were looking at up there in Syracuse, but I think, you know, from a racing community, you know, I wish we had more time to spend, you know, at places like Lancaster and Holland, you know, we go and Oswego and, you know, all these great, the Shimung Drome, you know, all these places that we don't have a chance to interact with just because of our racing schedule ourselves. Sure. It's all good news for the state of New York, as far as I'm concerned, when there's promoting racing, whether that's motorcycles or cars. Uh, Mike, I got a Twitter question here from a fan. Uh, Will tweeted in, what do the drivers feel about the new pave in relation to the passing zones? Is there going to be more passing, less passing? What have you heard from the test so far? Yeah, this is uh, part of that curbing. Drivers left turn nine on the exit. Um, You know, we put that curbing in, and and then we expanded some other curbing. What it'll do um, is, and, and this is only for the people using the whole course, of course, because it's, it's exit boot and entry boot, mm. uh, that they can actually pick up another passing lane there. Right. So they're going to move over another couple feet, which actually could make it too wide. It also became true in the S's um, only from a grip point of view. We didn't add any curbing there. We, we just redid what was there. We added a few inches onto it, extending into the you know, with former grass. 
But from what we hear, there's going to be a little bit more width in the S's, and then there's definitely another passing area under breaking uh, into eight and out of nine. So that'll be interesting to see, especially with these Indy cars sticking to the track like they do. Very good. Last thing, Michael, I'm sure you are, are loving all this Bills Watkins Glen crossover lately. You had Marcel Darius, some other players for the NASCAR race. You had uh, James Hinchcliffe and Joseph Newgarden at training camp this week. I'm sure you're loving all this Bills Watkins Glen interaction. You know, the Bills are great friends of mine. I'm really good friends with Bill Munson, the head of government relations there. And, you know, any anytime we can get some of the Bills, you know, obviously sad news on Marcel, but man, he's a monster. I got to <laughs> hang out with him for a little bit and shoot the breeze. And we had Jack Houston here, who's uh, uh, his movie Ben Hur just opened up this past weekend uh, from London, a Hollywood actor. So, but having the Bills and the interaction, you know, we we always enjoyed that. And, and you know, I'm a little selfish. I'm <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta keep rooting in love with happening with our Bills. So. Uh, Got to just keep cheering them. I can't wait to see how many games I can get to. That's going to be the key this fall. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to your game in a couple of weeks uh, there for the IndyCar race. We'll be there broadcasting live. Excited about that. Uh, excited about this contest we're doing with this giveaway. for. Uh, we're going to give away a great IndyCar prize pack, so we're going to bring some fans with us that will meet a driver and uh, all this cool stuff along with pit and garage passes that we'll be doing a giveaway here at WGR. Uh, thank you for the time, Michael, on your vacation. Uh, now get back to work, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for the time. Thank you for having me on, Dave. Uh, all right. Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International. TheGlen.com. You can get uh, tickets for the uh, IndyCar race at Watkins Glen Labor Day weekend, the big show on Sunday with uh, the IndyCar Grand Prix of Watkins Glen at Watkins Glen International, a late addition to the schedule after the uh, Boston race was uh, canceled through the street course they were trying to do in Boston, and, and Michael picked up the phone, called up the folks at IndyCar, said, hey, bring the party to our place. And uh, that's where, what's going to happen two weeks uh, from today at uh, Labor Day weekend at Watkins Glen International. Uh, when we get back, we've got the uh, local racing roundup. We'll, we'll cover a few tracks a little bit closer to home. And I have time for your phone calls, too, at 803-0551-888-552-550. When we wrap up Fast Track here on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we'll start with the Friday night action at the Big R Ranceville Speedway. A couple of first-time winners, including Nick Joy in the Modifieds over Ricky Richter and Phil Vigneri. Steve Lewis Jr. got his first career sportsman win. Jaron Israel, five-time winner in the street stocks. Anthony Guthrie in the four bangers. And Robbie Johnston got his second win of the year in the uh, novice sportsman. Freedom Motorsports Park, they finally got to racing once again. They had three straight weeks of rainouts. Uh, one of the few tracks that's been really hit by the rain this year. Uh, another win for Kyle Inman in the sportsman over Adam Leslie, Brad Rouse, and Cody McPherson. Jeremy Wonderling picked up the win in the rush late models. I believe that was his second win of the week. I think he got the win uh, the other night at McKean County Raceway down in Pennsylvania, Byron DeWitt in the street stocks, and Deanna Shepard got the win in the uh, mini stocks. Lancaster National Dragway Friday night, Robert Weller in top eight. Wayne Cleveland got the win in top ET. Paul Want got the win in the Gasser Racing Series Mod Class, and Art Miseraka got the win in the Gasser Racing Series Gassers. Clay Ricketson in Mod ET, Mike Peters in Sleds and Bikes, and Nick Morrissey got the win in Street ET. Saturday Night Action, Holland Speedway, they had twin Hornet features that were split by Ben Russo and Jeff Safranic. Twin Charger features split by Tom Northam and Zach Myers. Brandon DeBrecalier in the Legends, Dale Lombardo in the Rookie Fours, and Jim Steins in the Figure Eights. Genesee Speedway last night, Nick Snazek in the Crate Late Models, Brian Bellinger 
uh, denying Kyle Inman a two-win weekend in the sportsman. Danny Knoll the third we had, and Katie Knoll, they went one and two. We had uh, Katie and Danny Jr. here in studio last week, uh, and it was a Knoll 1-2 finish in the micro sprints last land at Genesee. Good to see that. Byron DeWitt, another win this weekend in the street stocks, and Dante Mancuso in the mini stocks, and Eddie Kowalczyk got the win in the bandits last night at Genesee Speedway, Merrittville Speedway, Tyler LaFontese in the mini stocks, Dave Bailey in the Hoosier stocks, Paul Klager in the mod lights, Eric Rudolph got the win in the 358 Modifieds over Chad Brockman and Pete Bicknell. And Cody McPherson got the big uh, Gabe Belante Memorial King of the Crate Race at Merrittville. His fifth win of the season at Merrittville Speedway in 2016. State Line Speedway last night in the Super Late Models. It was Rich Gardner over Max Blair and Dave Hess. Rush Crate Late Models, Dennis Lunger Jr., Justin Carlson Pro Mods, Matt Kaczynski Sportsman. Andy Proper in the Super Challengers. Lancaster Speedway last night, the 27th annual Tommy Drewer, Tony Jankowiak Memorial Modified 110 for the Race of Champions Modified Series, and you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Patrick Emmerling, his sixth win of the season on the ROC Series Trail and 11th win overall in 2016. He has been the most dominant driver on the pavement uh, racetracks in and around Western New York, he's having a phenomenal year, holding off Chuck Hosfeld once again for the third modified race in a row this year at Lancaster. Uh, Mark Hoke got the win in the street stocks. Kevin Bainbridge won the four-cylinder race. He's got seven wins this year in the division, and he did it with his eye bruised and all stitched up after he got hit in the face with a rock in his heat race. And He's all stitched up. It was amazing. He could uh, barely see during his heat race, and he still brought it home for a feature win last night in the four-cylinders at Lancaster. And Kyle Hutchinson uh, dominated the TQ feature uh, at Lancaster. Great show last night at Lancaster Speedway. Uh, looking for some racing action tonight? Of course, you can always check out the Humberstone Speedway in Port Colburn. Uh, what do they got tonight? They have the uh, Tusa Modelite Tour is in the house, uh, along with their uh, weekly divisions uh, there at Humberstone Speedway tonight at 6.30. Last week, Justin Sharp got the win in the Sportsman, and uh, Robbie Pitts got the win in the late models last weekend at uh, Humberstone Speedway, Rob Murray got the street stock win, Dylan Lord in the Pro 4 trucks, and Jason Katu in the mini stocks there at uh, the Humberstone Speedway. Labor Day weekend, uh, always a big racing weekend. A couple of big events uh, coming up at uh, at both Holland and Wyoming County this, this uh, Saturday night. If you're looking for some uh, pavement racing action, both tracks have big Labor Day weekend races coming up. And also, of course, uh, Oswego Classic weekend is coming up in a couple of weeks, too. Actually, uh, Labor Day two weeks away. I don't know why jumped the gun there's still another week here left in august we don't want this summer to end and the season to end here on fast track so you still got two weeks until labor day weekend uh that'll do it for us uh, one other note and i wanted to bring this up earlier but a big signing this week by hendrick motorsports uh they inked william byron who's got i think now six wins on the uh five six wins on the camper Real truck series he was driving for kyle bush motorsports in the truck series well hendrick motorsports has locked him to a deal they're going to drive he's going to drive in the xfinity series next year for JR Motorsports, which is basically Hendrick Motorsports. And uh, that is a huge signing for Hendrick as uh, they're going to be looking to rebuild that team in the next five years or so for all of for all of their wins and championships. They're in an interesting place right now. You've got, of course, uh, Chase Elliott. Now that's the, that's the first step in their next generation, taking over for Jeff Gordon. But now you've got Casey Kane, who's been underperforming as a contract coming up here in the next couple of years. Uh, if not at the end of this year, at the end of next year. And then you've got Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson, who are both at 40 or over. Uh, obviously, Dale Jr.'s health issues, and who knows how much more Jimmy Johnson's going to want to do this. He's at 40 years old. 
he doesn't really need to accomplish anything more with six championships unless he wants to, you know, get that seventh championship and, and reach that level with Richard Petty and Dale Sr. So uh, this is a huge signing for Hendrick to, to ink William Byron, who's been a pure talent ever since he stepped into the sport, who's only been doing this for like three, four years. He got to start racing simulation games and then they put him behind the wheel of an actual race car and found out he was pretty good at it. So uh, that's a, another big step for uh, Hendrick Motorsport. They're kind of like, they're, they're, it's almost like they're, they're not tanking, but it's almost like the Sabres. They're doing this, you know, youth rebuild slowly but surely. They've got Chase Elliott. Now they've got William Byron. And uh, we'll see who they fill those other two seats with because I think definitely the 5, 48, and 88, they're all going to have new drivers here within the next, at the most, five years between Casey's lack of performance and Dale Jr. and Jimmy Johnson, I'm assuming, are going to retire sometime in the next five years with uh, just with their age and, and obviously Dale Jr.'s health issues on top of that. We'll have to see, though. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next Sunday here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.